Uh, we try to do a soft open before we actually like get the show going. Uh, and when I uh, go ahead, it wasn't that wasn't official. We just did it once, and now you. you yeah, I'm, I'm I'm obsessed with like it. it. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's, if if we say something worth it. Yeah, I know. And then I realized, like, I was just like, let's just see what happens with the soft open, or Ben's just going to sound like a jackass until he decides to put the put the music in to make the album to make the fucking oh god, Jesus Christ. Not exactly radio. Hey, what's up? We're back again uh, with me, one of your hosts, Benny K, and Tony. I didn't think of one this time. Tony. Ah, Tony, disappointed. That's all right. I didn't think of one. That's okay. Like you just started too. I know. I just like give me a warning. As much pressure as I wanted the cold open to be awesome, I knew like it'd be even more pressure to make you think of a quick middle name for yourself. And uh, here we are. Anyways, hey, what's up? Rise above, Tony. Rise above. Because I thought this was <laughs> when I first saw Rise Against. I thought it was like a Black Flag band, <laughs> like a Black Flag cover black flag band. Has a, yeah, because they have a song called like Rise Above. Yeah, I like that like, song. Oh, against. Uh, uh, changing up a little bit here. Uh, whatever their first. I should have probably looked that up ahead of time. <laughs> uh, Siren Song of the Counterculture. No. What? It's not the first one, sir. It's the 2000, you said 2004. Well, the first one, though, the unraveling was like 2001. Anyways. Yes, it was. Oh, yeah, reissued. Okay, Spotify. Damn 20 it. years ago. Oh, Christ. Insane. <laughs> That's make, crazy. Make you feel, feel fucking old. old. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, like, spoiler alert, we have guests. Uh, I wanted to introduce them real quick before we continue this conversation. Uh, the Sampler Pack Podcast, brand new, uh, just started going. Have two good friends of ours um, that love sports, and I think they love music just as much as they love sports. Uh, and we brought them with us today because they were they they let me be on their podcast for some reason. And uh, <laughs> of course, we're gonna have some fun today. Thank you for joining us, Corey and Josie. Hey. Thanks for, Thanks for having us. Yes, of course. This is a lot of fun, and I knew, I knew, like before we, uh, uh, before we went into this, I'm like new inviting you guys. I like knew right away it was going to be like a Rise Against album for some reason, and I think <laughs> I, I might have accidentally swayed you that way too when I was like, oh yeah, you guys both have to choose, and uh, it's probably going to be a Rise Against album, right? <laughs> and then I, I didn't mean to put that, that idea in your brain. No, it, I think we kind of had that idea because it's kind of where our musical tastes overlap mm-hmm. yes. um if that makes sense yeah definitely i think it like we had when we first like met and started hanging out all those years ago now like rise against was just where everything converged sort of like all our tastes no matter what how expansive they were we just kind of met in the middle with rise against almost mm-hmm. And Corey introduced Rise Against to me. I was a little late to the party on Rise Against because, as you guys know, I guess for the benefit of your audience, my musical tastes tend to be like, if I was born, I don't want to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was going to say, like, I was either, I was either, gonna, I was thinking it was either going to be a Rise Against album or Josie was going to force Corey to listen to a, a, an Aerosmith album to uh, make this whole thing go. Um, but uh, here we are. First. Yeah. 
I would have put it like fast. 80s hair metal just to like annoy right. you guys for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing. That's the thing. We like to expand our music here, and if you would have picked an 80s hair metal album, I, I would have been down with it. Get it going. Rock and roll. Next time. Next time we'll do it. Next time. We'll I just say, know, like, Corey, fuck off. We'll have Josie on the show, and then... Uh, <laughs> <just> <laughs> I only know the Aerosmith hits. What is their, like, seminal record? What is, what's their, like, album where it's, like... You just go, oh, when well, it's like, I, I, I well, don't know their names. Like, the general public would probably say Rocks, which was the album that came out after Toys in the Attic. Toys in the Attic was the one that got really big, because that's the one that has, like, Walk This okay. Way on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then okay, Rocks is largely considered their, like, best album. My personal favorite is Pump, which came out in 1989, and that's the one that has, like, Janie's Got a Gun, Love in an Elevator. Nice. Yeah. yeah, these uh, these uh, album covers. Yep, the new new language for me. So yeah, I always <laughs> like that when I have no knowledge of something. I'm just like, I've never seen this before in my life. It, especially if it's a huge band. Yeah, I actually shit. really love the album. Yeah, I love the album cover of Pump because it's. I can curse, right? I feel like yeah, I you can. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. It's <laughs> it's two it's two trucks fucking, and it's yeah. just like oh, how fucking dare you! I like it. Well, that's, <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's fucking awesome. That's fucking, that's fucking great. Get all your fucks and shits out. No, I was just going to say the trucks fucking reminded me oh. of uh, when the big wet boy Trump had that, uh, tr- had those uh, 18 wheelers on the front of the White House lawn and he was oh, just God. fucking having a great time, that fucking toddler. <laughs> like a week straight, I just kept sending you that photo of where it just looks like he's ripping one in the 18 wheeler where he's just like, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I, I remember also, like, you sent me, like, this, this, this pretend trump supporter that had like a like a new york or a boston accent is like yeah that's the stuff right there he's in an 18 wheeler baby hell yeah <laughs> god uh, good stuff um so before we get into uh again uh, against me rise against here i wanted to kind of talk about your podcast a little bit i'm just thinking about it um so like sampler pack you guys just kind of started sports Wisconsin-based mostly, uh, as you say in your title there. So can you expand a little bit further about uh, your podcast and what people could expect from it? We kind of named it Sampler Pack because we just have a... We kind of intended to have a lot of uh, different topics that we were going to go over. So it wasn't just going to be one thing for every episode. So a Sampler Pack would give you the idea that there's going to be multiple topics discussed. And then secondly, we end every episode by basically picking a sampler six pack of of some you know wisconsin themed category at the end of at the end of the show so if it's uh uh we just well when you were on we did favorite packers of all time Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and we've done cheese we've done some wisconsin beers as like a six pack which is very uh fitting for that kind of you know yeah yeah makes sense things having to do with wisconsin but not necessarily just just sports yeah. but we do tend to go over kind of a week in review of wisconsin sports before we get into the sampler pack and then anything else that's you know on the noggin that week mm, yeah that's awesome yeah it's, it was a lot of fun being on the show um and I know it was a really, str- a really uh, a big struggle for you guys to talk about the Bucks uh, when we were on, because or when I was on, I should say, uh, because they weren't doing so hot. And they finally snapped the losing streak, but still didn't feel, yes, didn't feel good. 
Everything else sucks right now. It just feels nice and familiar. Uh, bucks are perpetually disappointing, too. <laughs> Having the bucks too. suck feels familiar. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> feels good. Yeah, it takes all week to celebrate a win. I was yeah. going to say, like, Tony and Kevin are very uh, big Bucks fans, and we discuss it sometimes on the show, and I uh, don't know how to add things to it, but they complain a lot about the Bucks, and I listen to that part. Oh, That's... yeah, it's part of being Bucks fan. <laughs> it was kind of weird. Uh-oh. Yeah, Successful for a bit, but it was yeah. just like, wow, what do I bitch about? <laughs> um, but it is also sad. Um, I think he'll be gone, at least. That'd be great. He's so, a dead man walking. But, I was oh. going to say, are you on the fud, fire bud train? <laughs> he's a, he just doesn't do anything anymore. He's the office space. What do you do here? Like, I'm just a, I'm both <laughs> of the bombs, just wondering what he even does. I think that's his biggest problem now. He just doesn't do anything. He just stands around with his weird baby looking face and gets mad and then says, oh, guess they should try better next time. <laughs> That's some good stuff right there. He does there. have quite the quite the facial expressions. Mm-hmm. He angry does. Baby. <laughs> I, used, I used to like Angry Baby. Now I just am angry at the Angry Baby. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is about uh, Wisconsin coaches. I've noticed that throughout, uh, you know, Green Bay, Milwaukee, uh, even with the the Brewers every once in a while, that they all have, like, the same kind of – they, they, well, for me, since I like the Packers the most, they all feel like a Mike McCarthy kind of thing, where they just, like, fucking ruin talent. I shouldn't say ruin talent. He was good in the beginning, and then all of a sudden it was just, like, wasting the rest of the talent of the team. Uh, I, uh, like, he, the rest of the league passed him by, and that seems to be the effect for yeah, every other yeah. guy. I'm going to need you to, like, not say that that's about everybody, because I will not accept Craig Council. Yeah, he's good. Well, no, not now. Not now. Sorry, not Craig Council. I'm saying they're on the okay, way up with okay. Craig. It's something different with Craig Council, but I mean, like before that, before Craig Council, uh, bam. All right, I'm gonna cut you off because you're just trying to bring in the Packers. Um, <laughs> 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 that was all just to bring in the Packers. For no, more um, on the Packers, listen to <laughs> um, Yes, there you go. Right. <laughs> I feel with Mr. Bud, it's the same. Like he's doing the Atlanta thing. They, he did this in Atlanta. He made them pretty good. He made them first seed, but then he, they sucked in the play and they fell apart so i mm. hope they just move on realizing he's that same coach that can elevate a team but doesn't push them over the top so that's my elevator pitch of why it's time to move on just he did some good work and yeah, now no. he's just a dead man walking yeah it's just it seems like he just doesn't like you said before ben it's just like th- things just pass him by like he doesn't he doesn't put anything new forward. Basically, what Mike McCarthy did in his latter years is just like, oh, we're still doing the same thing we were doing seven years ago and not adjusting to the times and, like, not just, you know, not adjusting really to anything. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. the NBA seems to have figured us out for, like, a half a year now. I guess we'll continue doing the same thing and, and failing miserably. So, And it's over a calendar year, too, because they, right. sucked, they sucked pre-bubble. There was the crack showing. Like yeah. they were, you know, before everything fell apart, there was like two weeks where it's like they kind of look like they suck right now. And then the worst thing ever happened where we just life stopped and then uh, they got even worse. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is exactly what you can find on the sampler pack. Uh, we just gave you a little bit of a sample, <laughs> the sample of the sampler pack right there, right here on this very own po- podcast. <laughs> 
So let's let's it's switch it back. Let's switch to the music. Oh yes, podcast. absolutely. Uh, yes, let's switch over to the music podcast here. Uh, Appeal to Reason is the album that they brought to us. Now, before we started recording, Corey and Josie, you guys mentioned that this isn't even your favorite Rise Against album. Um, so, t- like, what made you come to this decision? <laughs> so we were talking about trying to pick one, um, and just we landed on Rise Against in general because it's kind of where Corey and I's musical tastes overlap. Corey actually introduced Rise Against to me. I was a little late to that party. Um, and then we were just trying to pick which one. And so Corey and I had, or I had originally suggested Endgame, which is the album following this, which is kind of like at that point where I started listening to Rise Against. Um, we went and saw their tour for this album together. Um, got an anthem opened for them. It was a really fun show. Um, and then... Who did? Cool. I missed that. Gaslight Anthem. Oh, hell yeah. So, cool. yeah, and then Corey was like, let's... I, I'd rather do something a little further back. So I don't know, Corey, if you want to kind of talk through your mindset. Yeah, I, I mean, I have always enjoyed uh, Suffer and the Witness probably the best, I think. I think that was their, you know, their, their kind of crossover... Uh, where they took a lot of their their older like hardcore uh, style and and really kind of meshed it really well with uh, like kind of a commercial uh, manner, but not not to this extent. I think this one's more more of like where they really started to shift gears on appeal to reason, um, and I, I think this is more interesting to talk about than like say suffer in the witness, which I I like and appreciate the best this one's interesting because it has the same elements as, as suffer in the witness in in some cases but they really they really kind of they really you really can hear a shift and it's interesting to talk about to see if that is was an effective shift or not so i don't want to just sit here and no. sit here and just like 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 we said before like i don't want to sit here and gush over an album for a half hour to an hour i want to <laughs> yeah, actually yeah. like break it down and say hey there are parts of this that kind of suck too so yeah yeah we had talked about before we got started like this album actually has one song that i literally always skip and another song that i'm often just not in the mood for um and i don't know i think that this is just an interesting album too because like Corey said it's very much so a shift musically to being a little bit more commercial but the actual lyrical content is still so them. It's so politically driven and still so just like punk, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I, in general, I do seriously love this album, but like I said, it's, it's not my favorite. Well, absolutely. I mean, I could see definitely how there was a shift because um, it seemed like a lot of the critics, and I don't like following critics at all, but uh, they said like this one kind of became more like commercial, more like mainstream. Like it was like intended for a larger audience, while still having that appeal that the older fans might have. Um, because like my favorite album of theirs is like a uh, um, the Siren. Uh, fuck, how do I say that whole name? Hold on, the fucking Siren Song of the siren Counterculture. Song of the counterculture. Yes, yep. Um, and I thought that was just oh my god. Like listening to that album and then going into this album and and their newer stuff. It's just uh, such a, a difference. Um, because that album, oh my god, I love that album so much. State of the Union, just to start it off, oh my god, it's like in your face. I fucking love it. It's good stuff. 
Um, but yeah, you can hear a lot of different uh, uh, influences in their music. Like in the first song, um, I, I thought I heard like a, a Bad Religion kind of vibe. Like I, I forgot what album, maybe like more into, um, oh gosh, damn it. I can't think of Stranger Than, um, Stranger Than Something. Stranger Than Fiction. Thank you, Stranger Than Fiction. I should have been able to remember that. But uh, I kind of had that vibe with that just a little bit, but a little bit harder when that song was starting to go. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Here we the, are. the the first song, "Collapse," is uh, "Collapse Post America." Mm-hmm. It's it's so on brand for them to to begin with, like a banger, you know. Because you mentioned State of the Union on Siren Song, they've got uh, uh, Black Mass and Gasoline off of Revolutions Per Minute, mm-hmm. and they they started suffering the witness off with Chamber of the Cartridge. Like they get that. That's still it's still so on brand for Rise Against to really start out with a fast, like classic, uh, just up tempo punk song that's really kind of punches you in the mouth right away. And I think this is one of the better songs on the or Collapse is one of the better songs on the album. Strictly for that, mm-hmm. it 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 really it really bridges that gap between what they were trying what they're trying to do on this album and be more commercial and still have that still have that old school Rise Against sound to it. Yeah, and again, lyrically, like, it's just so them being just, like, in your face immediately, like, hey, the world is falling apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you hear that throughout, like, the entire album. I thought it was kind of uh, interesting that they they brought out an album uh, right at the end of, like, Bush's term when a lot of this is kind of talking about his administration and everything. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, just your classic punch in the mouth. Talk about the government, how much it sucks, and how the world's dying. Punk right there. Oh, yeah. I. One thing yeah, about like this... You should take care of the world because this is what is about to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Everything's going to dry up. You're not going to have snow in winter. Mm-hmm. It's all going to suck. You're going to burn. Yeah, we're going to get we're gonna get to a point of no return. I mean, it's uh, with everything. Our, you know, there's so much stuff that, that is unsustainable about our, the way our society works. And I think they did, they did cover that very well in, in this song. And, um, I, one thing I, one thing I, I, maybe, I don't know. I noticed during the song and as, as rise against has progressed in their, um, in their careers is like this song kind of introduced like the, what I like to call the mega bridge of rise against where they have like four different parts of a bridge to the song. And it's like, it, it, some of those things really bog down some of their songs for me, but I think this one's one of the more effective moments of, of theirs. But it's, uh, it's, it was interesting to hear. Cause like sometimes they can get to be like almost half the song where it's just a bridge and it's like, all right, when are we going to bust out of this and get back to the good stuff, you know? I'm such a sucker <laughs> for it, Not that it's it, bad, though. but... <laughs> I, I'm such a sucker for their crazy bridges. I love them. Well, probably, you know, it also helps that you're... I don't know. I feel like when it comes to bridges, you hear that a lot in, like, 80s ballads and shit like that, too. So, I mean, I could see why you might like bridges a lot in music. Thank you. <laughs> that wasn't an insult. That was not an insult. I wanted to clarify <laughs> I was just like, well, yeah, <laughs> duh, Josie, you love bridges because of this music. Bleh. Well, it was so funny, like going like kind of left field for a minute. I, when Corey was down here, I had him listen to Pornography by Extreme, and like halfway through the album, he was like, "Of course you like this." And I'm like, "What do you mean by that?" <laughs> it's not supposed to be an insult. It sounds like an insult. 
but I promise yeah. you, it's not. <laughs> um, I I really appreciate this song here, "Reeducation Through Labor," that we got going on right now. Um, I think this is definitely one of those. I mean, like the whole album's like in your face most of the time, I should say. Um, and I remember this being released as a signal, a single, and just hearing it on the radio and just like being super pumped about it. And uh, I remember a lot of like sports things use this as their like montage music. And it like got me even more pumped. And I'm like, why? This is about like hating your nine to five and not working like an asshole and blah, blah, blah. But it gets me really pumped up for this sport thing. I don't, I don't know. Um, I know. They'll have it like going into commercials or like Sports Center will randomly play it. I'm yeah. Like, I dig it, but like, do you know what you're playing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I. I... I, I had a note written down for one of the later songs that kind of gets into this like whole whole aspect of like people completely missing the point of the music and using it. I think it I know. For, I think I know which song you're talking about. Really too. unbelievably <laughs> stupid, uh, re- you know, uh, reasons or whatever mm-hmm. bumper music for whatever sports thing. Like, yeah, I mean that's a perfect example. It's mm-hmm. like you. You're you're using it because it's a good pumped up. It's like one of those songs that you play while you're working out or some shit mm-hmm. like that. But it's like, okay, well, if you if you really read into it, it's very uh, <laughs> you know if you want to listen to the lyrics closely and and read about the themes of the song and the album in general, it's like it probably doesn't fit the the fit that uh, activity probably the best. No, no. Oh well. <laughs> um, but I, I think on. I think I want to like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so many songs, so many songs. I don't know. Do we want to get into it now? Because I think, I think we can wait. There's some. There's a couple of them on here we can get into. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up for this particular song, though, is um, is is another sort of like weird contradiction that you get with this kind of music with these politically driven songs and stuff like that. It's like, yes, this song is about working yourself to death and like getting nothing for it in return. Mm -hmm. But it's like, all right, well, and really with any of these bands, you could say rise against rage against the machine. There's sort of this underlying contradiction of, okay, well you guys work for a major label, but yet you're talking about all these like, all these just everyday struggles of normal people. And there's sort of like this weird disconnect that I always feel in those songs. Like it seems a little disingenuous at times, but it somehow works. Like how the hell else are you supposed to get that message out other than, other than promoting your music and becoming. And I, I, and I hate the term sellout and shit like that because of that. It's like as, Mm -hmm. as a former musician or a current musician or however you want to fucking say it, would Mm -hmm. I have loved that to be my nine to five? Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, Like, so if somebody finds commercial appeal for it, I wouldn't complain. I don't give a fuck. Right. But, but there is sort of that always underlying, I don't want to call it hypocrisy. It's not like you're trying to do that, but you wonder how far you can push the boundaries, I guess, in certain, in those terms. Yeah. I think that's why it's never really bothered me. It's like, like you said, if Brian, my husband had gotten big, I would have been all about it. And you guys still would have been playing songs that like, fuck this. Yeah. Right. I mean, at least, at least they've, they've, they've seemed to have attempted to, to keep their activism and stuff like that, which I appreciate. Oh, they yeah. haven't, they haven't like gone Hollywood or anything like that, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, they're, they're still very like 
straight edge and concerned about right things, so yeah i never really understood like fans of music like where where is the line like i guess i could see yeah, where you're saying any, like, any fans in general <laughs> any fans in general fans at all <laughs> i would say yeah fans Fan. of music fans in general yes i would say but uh like just where is the line that you 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 start saying like oh they sold out like but what, what is it because they did something that you don't like because they were on a commercial that you didn't like uh, it's 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 weird i don't know it's it's weird to yeah me. it's a very subjective term right right uh, Tony? Tony, you've been kind of quiet. What's up? You want to say something? Let's do it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> no, it's all right. I didn't want to put you on the spot like that. Um, but, uh, but, like, just, I, I guess, like, going on with this album here, like, here's, I, I don't want to say it's a miss, but, like, I don't know. It, it seemed like the singles are really strong in this album, but a lot of the other stuff isn't really uh, there for me. At least in my my opinion, obviously. Um, but yeah. I don't know. It's weird because, like I said, Corey introduced me to Rise Against in general. Like, after this album, not, I never really have been one that listened to the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't even think I know what the singles are, other than the obvious one. I know, like, Savior was probably a single because everybody knows that song. Yeah, right. I think what the first one was Reeducation Through Labor. Mm-hmm. The second one may have okay. been Savior. Mm-hmm. And then I think they released Hero of One or Hero of War as a and then Audience of One was also a single. I mm-hmm. believe. At least they made they made was videos okay. for all of those songs. Right. I, I think okay. I think for Hero of War it wasn't necessarily a single. I think it was just something I don't know to really pull the heartstrings of people. Cause like that's a really strong song, and we'll get that. It. Oh, it's... That's the song that I skip. And that's fair. I literally physically cannot listen to it because, as you guys know, but my brother, like when I found out this song existed, my brother was in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I I cannot listen to the song without like tearing up. There was one point Ryan and I went and saw Rise Against at. Summerfest, mm-hmm. and I like forget the song exists because it's just like not on my phone. Like I just like delete it from my playlist. Like yeah. it doesn't exist, and I just like start sobbing at Summerfest. I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> like it just it gets me. And like that's I think it speaks to how powerful that song is, and that is good music if it can make someone physically like emote because of it. But right, it, it's just hard for me to listen to. No, and absolutely, I get that. Like, it's it's something, like, even if I don't have, like, any sort of ties, uh, I shouldn't say I don't have ties, my, my father was in the military, uh, and a couple of my uncles were and everything, but, like, I, I don't, I, I'm not, like, invested deeply, like, uh, and that was still, like, a hard song to listen to, um, and I couldn't even imagine, like, being a soldier or, or being a sister of a brother that's in the military and listening to that song is, it's hard. It's a hard, uh, Hard song, and I think they, I guess they accomplished what they wanted to with that song. Um, it was Except for like Corey was saying before, I think this is the one that you were saying, Corey, that they, they being society and people who wanted to twist it to their own. Um, yeah, so that was that agendas. was. Yeah, that was exactly the song I was referring to before. Um, I, that, I maybe maybe I'll get to. I don't know. I don't know if I want to jump into it right now. Okay, I'm trying to fair. wait until the actual song is playing. Fair. But. fair. 
Um, yeah, I'm going to probably need you talking during it. I'm probably going to be like, I don't. Okay, fine. I can do that. that. This isn't happening. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I when you when you said that um, this was Ben, when you said that uh, you thought this song was sort of a miss, were you referring to the dirt wrist, the whisper? Yeah, the, uh, dirt. the dirt whispered. Yeah. I actually kind of like that song. I, I think it's a very song. underrated song on this on wow. this album. Fuck <laughs> me, guys. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> We're allowed to just. I, no, I know. I know. <laughs> the the cor- the chorus hook is extremely catchy in it. Um, that I you know it's it's a mid tempo pop punk song. It's not a it's not a classic Rise Against song, but it, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's very it's still very catchy. I think it's right. one of the more underrated songs on this on that album. Um, yeah. I think this, that that song is like a very good song to point to in kind of the shift that you see. Oh yeah, right. Or, yeah, one of the um, one of the but one of definitely one of the more effective ones of the shift too. I think. Mm-hmm. And see, that's maybe yeah. that's maybe my issue I think with it's it too. Melodically interesting. Yeah, and I think yeah. maybe my, my that that might be uh, my issue with it too is like I listening to classic Rise Against song. This is like the sound of something different. I think. Maybe that's the start yeah. of it. I think my relationship with pop punk, as much as I loved it when we were playing it back in Sheboygan, I, I, I mean, I guess I couldn't consider, we, like, my band wasn't pop punk. It wasn't fucking pop punk whatsoever. But, like, <laughs> uh, but like listening to it, I don't know. Like, I have a love-hate with it. And it's got to be, it's like, it's literally hit and miss. Like, if it doesn't, if it doesn't like, hit the, uh, if it doesn't hit a home run, then I, I fucking don't like it for some reason. It's, it's weird for me to finally say that out loud. There's... You're so critical. <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's dumb. It's it's dumb. There's really an element of that to a lot of music that I listen to. Also, though, I I totally understand what you're saying. Where, you know, you said you love Siren Song, and and I love uh, Suffer in the Witness, and I could say this with just about every band that I really really love. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, if 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 an, a new album is released by a band and it's just not as good as something they've done previously i will toss it aside almost immediately mm-hmm. before returning to it and really giving it giving it an actual chance to be to stand alone mm-hmm. you know and and be its own thing because i'm just expecting it to be an extension of the last thing that they did which i consider perfect or whatever maybe not perfect but really good but uh yeah, you always I, I always find myself doing that where I'm just not giving it a proper chance. And I don't know. It, sometimes I look too too into it like that and it doesn't I, I don't it makes me feel like shit sort of. <laughs> like, damn it. These are really good songs yeah. at times, even the ones that don't yeah. remind me of what they used to, but mm kind of like mm-hmm. going up piggybacking off that um the the last song that we heard um Kotov syndrome mm-hmm. I think was a, was a really good throwback rise against song um yeah but then um it, it it's really funny on this album it's one of the one of the heavy hitters on this album but if you put that song on like siren song it's it's one of the more poppier songs on mm-hmm. that album yeah it's for sure really strange how that dynamic worked um this particular song, I'll say it right away, from Heads Unworthy, total skip track for me. Don't really care. <laughs> oh, I love it. I yeah. I like it. What do you like about but, it? I don't know. I think it's just really catchy, kind of like the same things that Corey was saying about the Dirt Whispers. Like, I feel like it's kind of an underrated song. Um, it's melodically interesting. I think it's just catchy and kind of like an in-between, again, just kind of like a progression of the band song. Um Going back a little bit to what you were talking about, Corey, it was interesting 
when Corey was down here visiting, down here being South Carolina for your listeners, mm -hmm. um, he had not even given. I'm, call, I'm totally calling you out here, Corey. <laughs> yeah, he, had not, <laughs> he had not given the Black Market or Wolves, the most recent two albums by Rise Against, a chance. And I forced him to listen to them. And he mm -hmm. was just like, I can tell that this was produced differently. I don't like it. I'm like, that was so weird. I think that's maybe not not that not like it's better just like different like i can sit back and be like i understand it's different but it's good and it's like its own segregated thing um and i guess kind of going back to like what we were talking about at the very very beginning since i love aerosmith so much like i have been i mean mind you i wasn't alive for any of this but like i see like that whole progression they're such a different band now like their most recent mm -hmm. stuff that they did in the 2000s than they were in the 70s. So I think that maybe I'm, because of my like, musical background, a little more open to like bands progressing. Well, it's the thing. I think uh, when you have a huge catalog like, like an Aerosmith and like a Rise Against here and a couple other bands, it's really hard to kind of stay the same. I think there's only a couple bands that can really pull off the consistency uh, to actually stay in one place to keep old fans happy and to make new fans mm -hmm. um like my my biggest my biggest example of this and i, I tony and i have talked about it and i could be completely wrong but i think bad religion kind of keep their sound uh mostly consistent throughout their entire career uh maybe yeah. like minus like the first album um as far as like recording goes but uh or producing goes but uh like i feel like they were able to hold it together and it's just a rare thing to see so like you can't expect you know bands to be successful with one fan group on one side and then be successful with another fan group on the other side of their career. Um, yeah, right. That's for them taking big breaks, though. If yeah. you take five, ten years sometimes, you'll yeah. be really welcome when you're back. Um, and, but I think probably you're seeing somebody or a band that has a lifestyle that was able to develop, you know, a career outside of their band versus these guys got to pay their bills. So right, you do yeah. need to make an album every... Right. Um, two yeah, years. Sorry, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so being on that grand of every two, three years making an album, uh, sometimes they're just going to come out sounding kind of the same. <laughs> mm -hmm. Especially because uh, especially this middle of this album is a lot like uh, Suffered and Witness. It's like B-size. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what it feels a yeah. lot like. Yeah. Like, that's what you're kind of already getting to. And I would say, so. like, this middle is probably my favorite part of the album because it goes from Heads Unworthy, Strike to Go On, Audience One Entertainment. Those are probably my four favorite songs on this album. Mm. Okay. Those are probably my four least favorite songs. <laughs> <laughs> this, is why, this is why I knew when I asked you guys to pick an album, it was going to be kind of hard, and I had to explain that it oh. had to be... <laughs> Go ahead. This works fucking perfect, though, because we're getting discourse, <laughs> and it's it. awesome. True. That's true. That's very true. That's yes. true. It makes it an interesting conversation. We're not just like, yay, we agree on everything. <laughs> Fair that's enough. What we, that's what we do on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, we do enough of that. Yeah, we just like, we only leave oh, it for our man. own podcast before. Uh, yeah, I get that. I get that. That's why I'm, that's why I'm trying to keep everyone together, because on my podcast, I like to make sure everyone's liking the same thing. Nah. Um... <laughs> I, I will say one thing about the, the strength to go on though it is a um, the, the, you hear the tempo changes and I think it's very effective I think 
that's the one thing that that kind of differentiates these songs because they're all sort of ballad-esque you know you get uh from heads of worthy it's a straight ballad audience of one is could pretty much a ballad too it's a you know melodic hardcore ballad uh, simplest I, terms i just i just love melodic hardcore and, and and this one with the tempo changes and stuff it's it, it, I don't know. It might have sounded like just one song after, to me at least, like the this and Strength to Go On, and they might have sounded way too similar had they not broken it up, which I think was a good That's job interesting. on their part. Yeah. Um, I think just, I guess, what I really dig about this kind of middle section is it's just like kind of more musically sophisticated maybe than some of their other stuff, and it's like Almost like I see them like getting more intelligent musically as they go on in their career. If mm. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, this this was interesting. Um, I I plugged this uh, I plugged this album in in a couple different listened to it in a couple different ways this week. I listened to it through some like through just like a Bluetooth speaker. Listened to it in my car and listened to to it through headphones. And it's like the headphones really um, really bring out just the amount of composition that they did for this album when you compare it to previous ones they have so many layers of guitars it's like like it's not just it's not just two guys you know it's they're they're putting layer upon layer of uh, their musicianship to the test on this album and whether that ends up being good or not it 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 really really does sound great the producing and and just how that comes through in the in the in the songs like uh re-education through labor there's so many different uh, little guitar layers and stuff like that that you might not notice all the time, but when you do, they're really they're done really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when you're, it's weird when you're talking about punk that way because the production value of punk music can go from shit to extremely good, and there's always that like that negative connotation that comes with very good production on punk albums and stuff like that. But I mean, they really showed off on this album, I think. Um, in comparison to others, how how actually, um, you know, how well they can actually compose a full song and really work with a lot of different, a lot of different melodies and harmonies in the music yeah. and stuff like that, which is mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I was gonna say that too. Like, it, that might be where it loses some of the like classic punk bands. That like they might think it's overproduced. <laughs> yeah. but I think that it's. I think that the production value. Like when you actually finally learn your instruments, you actually finally learn your instruments. Yeah, I was like, shit, oh my god, no. Oh, is that what was wrong with me? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Hey, same brother, same. I got you. Don't worry. Damn. (laughs) Yeah, that's. I mean, definitely. I personally attacked. (laughs) Like to see who worked on it if it was different from somebody they had before this this um, album wasn't they had been with bill stevenson oh. the drummer of the descendants they had they had pro- had him produce i think everything i want to say they started with him in revolutions per minute and they went all the way with him up until i think it was either through, wolves or black market we were just talking about yeah, this Josie. so we were just talking about that so they were with him through Endgame, and then they made a switch for black market yeah i think we listened to black market and then you were like, Mrah. and I don't, even think we, I don't even think we listened to Endgame. <laughs> well, what we did listen Mrah. to, which I wanted to talk about as we get into um, Audience of One, they did 
like an acoustic plus some um, symphony um, album called the Ghost Note Symphonies. And the acoustic version of Audience of One on that is... I was explaining this to Corey, and this is going to sound so fucking nerdy, so bear with me. <laughs> so, like, I will just, like, sing around the house, and I'll, like, it drives Ryan crazy, because I'll just be like, what if this song was in this key, and just change it? And <laughs> it drives him crazy. But, like, I'll be like, what if this was acoustic, and I'll, like, sing it slower or whatever? Mm-hmm. And it was, like, what I had in my brain for Audience of One, and it was, like, someone created it for me, and it made me so happy. There you go. See, that's it. You just got to put that vibe out there, and you got it. Someone will create yeah. it for you. <laughs> That song is so built to be an acoustic song, though. Yeah. I mean, like, that, uh, it's, again, a, a ballady song. It's, but they really, I mean, they really tore through it with, with just making effective hooks and, and the melodies and stuff in that song. Through, carry through from the the uh, the, the verse to the pre-chorus to the chorus. I mean, everything is just pop, you know, in that, in those melodies and stuff. And it... It really works well that way, I think, in comparison to some of the other stuff. They really, in 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 terms of, you can argue whether you like it or not the way they did it, but they really knocked it out of the park with making a a pop, uh, a, like a I don't know, a pop crossover hit ballad wise like that rock. still has sort of this like sort of punk sensibility to it. Um, and, and you really, I mean, you, you saw that come through with Savior, too, but I think Audience of One was really, really, um, just really hit that, the heaviest of any song on this album, just that sort of uh, commercial, um, you could almost feel it. Like, when yeah. you listen to it the first time, like, this this is a radio hit. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and I think, I, I, go ahead. I feel... I feel while they were rehearsing or writing all this that they probably had a bigger, like, haul or something. It feels like a very concerted effort or concerted effort to uh, make sure that this could be played loud, very loud. Yes. I I think it was, like, concerted aspect for being anthemic is probably the buzzword. (laughs) That, yeah, that is a a word I definitely used a lot in my notes was anthemic and, like... Pretty much everything they've done on this to keep to sort of keep that that old school rise against the the uh, the group vocals, the shouts, the all that stuff is sort of a very throwback. But they did it in a more accessible manner on this album. So yeah, like the guitars sing more instead of scream kind of yep. things. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. that's that's what I feel they probably did is probably had a nice big wide open space to the way you know you want to have it sound versus in a smaller more intense space yep um kind of talking about this song here um and it's that's what i'm picturing right now these guys rehearsing in like a big turner hall style empty hall oh for sure just five dudes on a stage in this big like that kind of thing is what i would picture they were probably rehearsing this kind of stuff in um, yeah. Talking about uh, <laughs> talking about uh, entertainment here, uh, I, I think this is one of my favorite songs in the album, and I think it's just because I don't know what it is about having like uh, that almost circusy kind of breakdown, sort of where they like slow down the word. Oh, yeah. I don't know what oh, that fucking yeah. that's like. That's my shit. I don't know why that's my shit, but I fucking the love it. This is so cool. I love it. I know. 
I don't know why. I love it so you much. Non sequiturs like that, like you know, that's that's something that like a system of down does and stuff. Uh, I tell yeah, touche. Mister yeah. Bungle, that, check uh, out. Yeah, Mr. that's Bungle. a very good. Yeah, point. that's a good point, Tony. I, you know, check out Mister Bungle. Mister Bungle. Love that. I know. I really I, should. They they do very much the same thing of like just will randomly hit you with something weird. Yeah. I will be the outlier and say that I absolutely hate that part. <laughs> I think it's very, I think it's very corny. It's, it's hey! just like, since <laughs> Ben's my buddy, I'm like, oh man, that guy is so happy right now. It's one of those things of like, the kid's happy. Aww. <laughs> I'm at Chuck E. Cheese and watching Ben just circus music in the ball pit. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. Kid. Oh my gosh. That's such a vision. <laughs> I'm sorry, Corey, what were you going to say? No, I, it's, I don't know. To say something is circusy when you're talking about entertainment, you have, you have like a political, you know, aspect to this music to say something's a circus politically is so fucking cliche. And then to basically put that in your song, it just like makes it a gimmick to me. It's like, come on, That's like That's you fair. guys, you guys, better than that. it's pretty, you guys, it's right what then. I thought. Like you guys are way better than to stoop to this level of just like, like let's Shit. let's let's tell you exactly how this is circusy instead of. Well, I think that it goes back to the fact that this is an album that people that they were trying to get more people to buy because the uh, as we discussed the singles ended up being very very catchy and commercial and poppy. Yeah. So then once we it's like now that we're in your house, let's really drive home the point to this like new audience that they potentially have. And that I think is a. I honestly think that's a huge theme to this album lyrically um musically is is that kind of why it didn't work for me as much was that they brought in all this commercial uh this com this uh commercial ready music this commercial these commercial ready hooks and melodies and stuff like that and really at times just sort of scratched the surface of what they could be talking about you know and in collapse post america the the first song on the album you get just very in-depth very uh very just almost con very concise lyrics and stuff like that you're talking about a very specific thing and i think the rest of the album is very sort of just it's very broad ranging and it's very not as specific and i think again that's kind of where well, it misses where it kind of misses the this. mark a little bit in my yeah and then there's this and, and then there's, there's this and then right. there's this so song that I like think shut does. Up for a minute now. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> well, I think this did the same thing. I, I, you know, it's they do these they do these acoustic sort of stripped down songs at times. We, you know, they did "Swing Life Away," uh, they did "Roadside on Suffer and the Witness." Mm -hmm. You get these. You're kind of expecting a, some sort of acoustic song by them at some point on an album. They just they do that, but I think it. I just don't think the song was done effectively, really, right. all that well. I, I think it focuses too much on a symptom of a much larger problem. You know, if you really wanted to get into, like, the lyrical, you know, the themes and stuff like that, it, it's, you know, it. I think it causes it to miss the mark. And I think it. you saw that a little bit with its, with with people that shouldn't be using it because of what they stand for. Mm-hmm using it and it's like fuck off like you know that's how you get 
idiots like Paul Ryan using a fucking Rage Against the Machine song before one of his speeches and shit like yeah. that. It's like, no, you fucking idiot. You're missing the point because you don't obviously don't know anything. So, like, this is sort of one of those songs to me. This is sort of one of those songs to me where it just was not specific. It was almost glossed over to some extent, but it also tried to be almost too in your face that it just didn't work for me at all right. i don't know it's 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 shocking i guess just to sum it up it's shocking it's just it is just a big it jump is, it, yeah it feels like an anomaly in their entire catalog too it does yeah yeah i could see that it, it, it doesn't lyrically yes but like just the whole song it just doesn't feel like res against I think uh, before we get into one of their their biggest song on this album, I, I, my, in my opinion, um, <clears throat> I, I think I think like this reminds me of when uh, Trump supporters were using Rage Against the Machine and they're saying like "fuck you, I won't do what you tell me." I'm like, wait, no, that's not you're not supposed to no. use that song. You can't you can't do that. You're doing this backwards. You, guys. <laughs> this is what. No, this you is obviously not what you're doing. Yeah, you're not okay. I, I don't know what you're trying to do right here, but you're doing it wrong. I don't know what's going on. But um, no, yeah. it's like the whole that whole problem of, of people thinking they're anti-establishment when they're just like playing straight into the hands of the establishment. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Like no, you fucking morons. <laughs> like have some self-awareness for once. <laughs> um, but anyways. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, moving on I to. to sh- I don't have to shit on like. <laughs> part of your listeners too right away while i'm no hey it's all right who knows you had to know with us picking this album right. we we're gonna get a little political no absolutely no I, we, we talk we talk <laughs> about we, shit a lot yeah we've ran, we find every episode during so yeah cool. we we find don't worry about that we're good <laughs> um <laughs> but uh, moving on to savior this is kind of a different flavor than the rest of the album because it's more this is i don't know it feels like it's more about a relationship than it is politically in any means yeah uh, so that's nice. It just so happens to be the biggest song on the album. I don't love it. And I think that it is because it's just like I was telling Corey this the other day. So like I love most of the time I love that Spotify will make me like my daily mixes. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is always the song that they're like, <laughs> no. Like literally anything else. Like I know their entire catalog. You don't have to give me their biggest hit. Yeah. So like I'm kind of sick of it and i i completely understand that yeah i completely this is actually this probably is like the most evidence you see of them like switching over to a different to a more commercial band with this song as like their number one song with a politically driven album and they pick this fucking song to be like the number one hit on this album like what this is this isn't like the rest of it people who are gonna listen who like this song and listen to the rest of it are gonna be like "Mm, this fucking sucks but uh, I digress. Well, writing songs like this. I, no, I mean I agree. Uh, Summerfest headliner though. Yeah, <laughs> right. You uh, because, uh, yeah. I remember this. Uh, this was the album where the, for headlining Summerfest and uh, Chris got hit uh, with a <laughs> water bottle from uh, the <laughs> yeah. Right. Like threw a water bottle in the crowd and it hit Chris Streaky right in the head. Yeah. <laughs> Our, our good friend Chris oh Streaky. Yes. <laughs> that seems like a very Streaky thing. Speaking of Chris Streaky and speaking of Chris Streaky and Summerfest, we Ryan and I saw Devo with Streaky at Summerfest, and that was a really yeah, fun be, time. That sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a choice time. <laughs> um, uh, 
yeah, it's so it's one of those that's uh, that help them get to their height. So it's good for them. That yeah. has to be some good checks. Yeah. Oh, it, so, yeah. yeah Stage headliner check. Oh, absolutely. I, I you know, as much as the song. It, like we'll never know. So, do they cut the check to just the band, or does like the, each of them get a check? Does the manager who gets the checks? Who's getting the checks? Who does Summerfest pay? Like some sort of like, I'd, they probably have like an LLC for the band or something that gets. The there check. you go. <laughs> Direct deposit. They got a bank thing going. If they were, if they were smart about it, they, they have got an the. LLC. We got the. Yeah, money. listen to the accountant here. Yeah, we yeah. got the money. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Who's getting the money? Who's getting that check? Um, yeah, Rise Against LLC. Let's see if that's just like a public company. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, kind of before we get to... Uh, Are they still in Chicago? <laughs> before, before we get to Hairline Fracture, um, listening to Savior, and as much as I give shit about it, I still think, I still think, I still think it's a good song. It's, it's, it's dumb that it's on this album, but like I don't know, I like listening to I it. Like I, don't, I feel like it would have been just like a plug-in on any album. Yeah, you're probably right. This should what just else, be like, a B-side. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a hell of a B-side. I mean, <laughs> right. Um, I I actually I like the song too. I mean, you there's always that aspect of oversaturation, and it's just so overplayed, and you yeah. hear it all the time, and just mm -hmm. get sick of it, especially when you've been listening to i don't know i get i get burnt out like on bands and i don't want to sound like a like a fucking dopey like elitist here but like when a bands that you've been listening to forever become really popular and you're just yeah. like well fuck this like you know I, <laughs> yeah i've been listening to these guys for years but like i don't want to sound like an asshole when i say shit like that but i mean there is some measure to Such that <laughs> I, like I want to listen to this on my own time, and because I enjoy it, nobody else knows about it, and like now it's everywhere. I'm like, God damn it, fuck. Um, but I mean, Savior is still a very good song, and it's straight, just it's straight, just poppy. Like, I mean, it. I thought of this term, and I don't, I don't want to like disparage the band at all, but it's just like heavy Foo Fighters for me. Like, okay, yeah. you know, it's wow. I can see that. Yeah. Um, and I mean. They, yeah, I mean, they got commercial success for it. It's obviously a, a good song, yeah. so. Heavy Foo Fighters. It appeals wow. to masters. If you <laughs> Did I just, like, blow some mind? I, you blew it's my mind. Way. You blew my mind. <laughs> I'm like, wow, you know what? I think that's that's correct. <laughs> yeah, because I know you guys really like the Foo Fighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I love the Foo Fighters. A lot of guitar music. Sounds like a lot of other guitar music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think Tony comes at me every time we bring up Dave Grohl in any way on the show. Like he comes at me and Kevin with that shit. He's like, "Yep, yeah." yeah. I know. Sometimes. I don't. No, he doesn't really come well, at me. Well, no. Us. Like, there's the very true, correct theory that is like such a very true to form theory that it's a, basically a law. Uh, every straight guy who likes uh, guitar music's a little gay for Dave Grohl, and it's true. It's really, yeah, weird. weird. Yeah. Like just straight guys will all the time be like, you know what? I'd fuck Dave Grohl if he asked. <laughs> if he like, asked, this happens all I, the yeah. time. If he asked, if he asked. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, like, I mean, the, the common, I, the common. I, I'd love to. I'd love to live in the world where I'm an object of Dave Grohl's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like where Andy Bernard thinks he's gay in the office for an episode, and he asks Oscar if Brad Pitt like needed to be with me. I wouldn't say no. Brad Pitt's begging <laughs> for it. But nope. like you know, guys are sitting around just thinking if Dave Grohl begged me for. That's so. That's so perfect. Or like. <laughs> If Dave Gold and Kevin are the poster boys for if, that. So. If Dave Gold tried to kiss me, I would I would resist. But if he was persistent, I might. That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, well, here Dave, we are. Dave Gold just has a boner for casting hosts. <laughs> That's it. And Ben found that out, so he started a podcast. I, like, oh I started I started fucking two of them just in case. Let's, let's go. <laughs> oh jeez. Um, <laughs> Uh, Actually, did you guys hear the Batman song Rise Against Did? They did a the Batman song Batman last song? year. Oh, yeah. The, um... Yeah. So a bunch of bands got together and did Batman music. I know what it's called. <laughs> and it's like they Broken did one Dreams called Broken Incorporated Dreams or something Inc. like that. Yeah, yeah Broken yeah, Dreams Incorporated. It's, it's actually a really good song. Uh, yeah, it's cool. And I, th- I forgot who their bad guy was. Maybe it was uh, Lobo or some shit. But they, like, attached them all to, like, different Batman villains and shit like that. And I think they're even doing... And, like... But it's their first song in three years, but it was for Batman. So that was such a random... <laughs> such a, a random, I yeah. like thing I saw online was, like, oh, they released they their first... stuff like that. They've released their first song in three years. And it's a Batman song! <laughs> It's cool too. They do stuff like that. Watch out for that. Like they were on the album where a bunch of artists redid Nightmare Before Christmas songs. Oh yeah, yeah, they did. Um, They did Making Christmas. Making Christmas. Yep. They were also on the album where it was a good one. It was good. Yeah. 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 And they also were on when like a bunch of artists covered Bob Dylan songs. They did Ballad of Hollis Brown. They covered Little Boxes, um, the theme to Weeds too. Yes. <laughs> I did hear that before. That's funny. That these are all. So actually, like all of these songs are on long forgotten songs. Little Boxes covered. It's so fun. I love that album. Yeah, that's good. Theme song. Um, yeah. Theme song. That's such a yeah. slapper. It is a good song. It is. It is. <laughs> That's why, like, when I was explaining to Corey where I live, I was like, I'm in a fucking little box. On the hillside. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm in suburbia, and it's disgusting. I, That'd adulthood. be so cool to be, like, I am what I hate. You want to do a bat? <laughs> right? And song. Yeah. <laughs> um, Just getting the email. We thought it would be cool if you... All right. What? No, I was just saying, like, I was just, I was just saying, we were, like, wrapping up the album a little bit here, and I just want to, before this... pretty transitional. I want to know what you're You want to talk about the last two before I, we I wanted, her up? Yeah, kind of. I wanted to talk about this song, at least, because I was going to say, it's a nice song, and that's really all I had to say about it. Anyways, but, yeah. but, <laughs> no, I, I was like, like wrap up. I was going to say, it's a nice wrap up. I like this song, because it kind of comes at you real fast. I don't know what it is. Um, there's like that uh, little like breakdown at the beginning of the song, which gets me pumped up, and like that's it. That's really all I had for this song. I mean, it just it seems like a good wrap up to an album. Getting there, at least. I I think I would have probably appreciated this song a lot more, except for the fact that I usually turn the album off during Hairline Fracture because I'm so frustrated <laughs> during it. Um, oh my god. 
god. Like, I'm just so fucking pissed off. Okay. Okay. Clarify myself. Um, this, like, Hairline Fracture, I don't think is a, is, is a bad song per se. I think it's, uh, I think it's definitely, like, it's on the lower, por lower portion of the totem pole on, on songs on this album. And I think it pisses me off the most because I'm a huge Alkaline Trio fan. And mm -hmm. I think it's like maybe the worst song on the album to have Matt Skiba do backup vocals for. <laughs> and guest vocals for. I think he's just wasted. I and I think his, gonna be bothered by that. his voice sounds fucking auto-tuned in it. And it bugs me yeah. so much. <laughs> so I usually Fair. just get pissed off. With Fair. Off <laughs> it's like, that that's point. it. <laughs> last song in this album was fucking so Savior. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> end it with end it with the banger. That's Whatever. It. That's it. And I guess the uh, the last song in the album. Does anyone have any uh, words for it? Anyone's got some elective amnesia? Anybody? Okay, so that's on. That was on like a Spotify or not Spotify, iTunes release. Okay. It was like a B side. Oh, that was a B side. Oh. Yeah, it was like a bonus track when you got it on iTunes. Well, then I listened I to that for no it. reason. I <laughs> absolutely love elective amnesia okay the riffs in that song are phenomenal i like again just like the cadence melodies um and also because it was b-side it is on long forgotten songs oh nice hmm well yeah there you Along go with blind i know i was gonna say oh. blind i wanted to bring up blind for a second too but it, it like that was that's like our song. that's our song like every time it pops up, it I, know, mm -hmm. I know we snuck it in i would say like it was uh who uh god the, the name's slipping who originally does that song face to face face to face thank you thank you uh but then i don't know i really like i really like rise against cover better than the original that's just me though um and and like Josie and I, whenever that song comes on, we sing it to each other. And I know Corey is like fuming yeah, right now because he loves face to face. <laughs> He's just like, I wish I could dive through this computer and time travel to Milwaukee and punch you in the mouth. I'm just not going to say anything right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> just very, it's very, very, it's very intense. I'm very scared. Like, I think you're going to be right behind me as soon as yeah, I turn what's around. What's the creepy stare you've got going on, Corey? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, That's what I do. I so, really, really love that song. Blind is great. <laughs> blind is great. But, yeah. uh, but that was... We blasted it on repeat down to a brew game. We did, yes. That was always fun. And we'd sing it as loud as possible, and Ryan would love us for it. Mm -hmm. um, yep. But that was it. That was Appeal to Reason. I appreciate you guys bringing us this album to me, uh, to, to us. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was great to go through it. Uh, it was awesome. I think... Uh, I have a few notes to take as far as like I can. It's it's okay to disagree with songs and disagree with people. Uh, so I have to remember that for next time. <laughs> um, but before uh, we check out of here, we have to do something. I have to give you a hyper specific uh, questions. So hold on one second for the drop. Hyper specific. And we're back. So I'm going to ask you questions. You guys are gonna have to answer these questions. It's gonna be kind of weird. But we're gonna do it anyway, and there's only there's really only uh, two questions here that I have. The first question. I expect nothing less from you, Ben. Fair enough. Uh, it's not even a question; it's more of a statement. Tell me which sport matches with these musicians. Okay, you ready for this? First one, Steven Tyler. I mean, I would say football. He's a crazy Patriots fan. Oh, he's a Patriots fan. Well, they're from Boston. Oh, that makes sense. I forgot. 
Corey, do you have a? Is it, do you agree a, with he's that? Not a bandwagoner. Uh, football. I wouldn't think of football when I thought of Steven Tyler. No. Okay. I don't know. I don't. I on. I don't know how to answer that at all. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> that's that's, just, that's super I weird. Think, I just think of Liv Tyler because Lord of the Rings, man. It's Bay. That's not a sport, though. <laughs> Damn it. Tell that to Middle Earth. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think of, I think of jousting. What I think <laughs> of the there we go. There you go. Yeah. Bam. That counts. Count or, it. Or jousting. archery. 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 Yes. Archery. There you go. There you go. All right. Next musician, Beyonce. I. She did a Super Bowl. I guess football because of the Super Bowl. <laughs> Damn half it. Still. This is automatically. I don't know. No. Or or maybe baseball, weren't they? Wasn't she trying to buy the Mets at one point? Oh yeah, her or, and like Jay-Z. she and Jay Z were going to buy the Mets at one point. Or am I making that up? I thought that was A Rod and J Lo. LeBron's are his like other like she's in love with LeBron. It's always hilarious watching. Oh yeah, because uh, Jay Z is always oh. like in his own element, not paying attention. And she's just staring. Like, that's, like, that's right. They're always <laughs> the, there's always that. Uh, they're always they got those courtside seats that they're always at. It's so maybe basketball. Can I, yeah, we'll go with been, basketball. Uh, it's definitely been memed before of her just crushing on LeBron with Jay Z just sitting oh, there. Funny. <laughs> All right, next. Funny of her pictures of her being thirsty courtside. So we'll go with that. <laughs> next musician, Dave Grohl. I have no, I know nothing about him. Well, it's, uh, you could just like the, his music. What what does his music make you think of, or anything like that, or, or rugby? You could like you could uh, throw up bull. I would say you could throw up bullshit sports rugby. like that. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry for all our could rugby fans be, out there. Could Russian be bowling cricket. too, because they yeah. they would cricket. Play I love cricket. Bowling alley. Okay, we go. we'll go with bowling. I like that. Bowling. Answer. Dave Grohl. Bowling. bowling. Got it. Yeah. All right. Next one. Only two more left. You, uh, I do feel like he would be a fun ass fucking guy to go bowling with. Yeah, actually, oh yeah, God, that dude. would be good. Would, That's yeah. terrific. <laughs> and bowling with Grohl, too, so. greatest band. Bowling for Grohl. Uh, with no, no with. Oh, with Grohl. Sorry, my bad. Um, next, sure, next That's musician. Date, date night with Dave Grohl. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Ben. <laughs> Thank you guys. You really helped me out here. This is why I put him on this list. Yeah. Um. Okay. Next one. Taylor Swift. Well, she's a horse girl. That's horse girl. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I guess equestrian. equestrian. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm assuming she's a horse girl. Like. <laughs> oh, now we're assuming. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Oh, I thought you were saying she looked like a horse. Oh no! Oh my God! Like, no, I'm just saying she's a horse girl. I don't. Like, how rude. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my she god! I, don't know. I wasn't gonna call you an asshole on your own <laughs> podcast. But I was like, okay, sure, equestrian stuff. <laughs> no, I mean, she rides horses. Oh my god! She likes horses. She's like Amber. Or Amber's a horse girl. Yeah, Amber does love horses. Jess uh, is a horse girl. There you go. There you go. Okay, last musician. With a horse girl. <laughs> last musician I have. Oh, Becky. Oh, Becky last too. Yeah, Becky. good friend Becky. Becky yeah. yeah. Uh, last musician, Jimi Hendrix. Doing heroin a sport? <laughs> Depends on who you ask. Oh, I'd go baseball. I, just because like, I love him so much, I think he would love the things I love. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see him yeah. like, swinging a bat. He swings his guitar around. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. 
I was going to say baseball, just out of principle that we hadn't brought it up yet. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, It's only good for you if you're good at baseball and slide. I think I think about his like his guitar playing (laughs) of the national anthem, and I think about I don't know. It just makes me think of like the All Star game, sort of the national anthem that's played at the All Star game. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make that connection. It's it's a stretch, but it's a connection. There you go. Honestly, you yeah. could have made a stretch for any of these artists for any sport. It would have been I just think, fine. I think we did. I mean, they play the anthem before like every game, but it really sits in my mind at baseball because they put it right before it gets interesting. So it's the last annoying thing before the game starts. <laughs> like other sports will throw it right at the beginning of when they start the announcement shit, but baseball will do it right before. Yeah. yeah yeah you get everybody before, lined it's up. time to watch it right yeah <laughs> like seconds before like, i always like yep I like all right everybody shut the fuck up <laughs> no sorry not you <laughs> I, don't know, I like all the pregame stuff yeah that's fair oh uh, yeah well yeah i think first pitch and then it's like first pitch then anthem then we start right mm-hmm. <laughs> I threw out it's been a while a little, like, partial. <laughs> um, um last last uh what what about the first pitch you're partial about, Josie? Oh, I've I've done that. I've thrown mm-hmm. out a first pitch at a brewery. Oh, game. you did? They go fancy. fancy. I did. That's a. It bounced at, once, but it went at, straight. At Miller Park. There you go. It went straight. Yep. Nice. Hell yeah. What year was that? I feel this is like a that? memory I knew at one point. That's why I'm asking about it. <laughs> oh, probably. Yeah. I made a pretty big deal out of it. What? Uh, time, so. When did you? What year was that? Yeah. September 2017. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, we lost to the Cubs. Oh, not nice. Um, Jesus. Well, I can't do it again. But. <laughs> so I can't do it again. Um, kind of sticking with that baseball uh, right now, what would be your walk-up song? This will be the final thing before we wrap up the show. This is like my favorite question. I know, and that's why we got to have it. Oh. <laughs> Pick one. I've got it's, a few choices. Um, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> you go first, Corey, because I like I have my answer. So I've got I've got like maybe a legit one in uh um Life to Lifeless by Kill Switch Engage. Just mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. beginning of that is really, really riffy and cool. Love that riff. Mm-hmm. Um uh then some stupider ones. Um Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison. Hell yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, shit, what's the other one? Fuck. <laughs> um, would be, uh, Wrecking Ball by, uh, my, <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Those are my three. That's yep. it. My answer is Architects by Rise Against. Those are all bangers. That's it. Architects by Rise Against. There you go. Hell yeah. It's just like, boom, in your face. Let's fucking just do new. it. Off the bat, wow. Way to, well, way to fit with the theme. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, that's my answer. Yeah. That, so. um, much to people's chagrin, it is not your love by the outfield because that song is actually about cheating on a girl named Josie. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Not my jam. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, I uh, I can't thank you guys enough for being on the show. Uh, once again, make sure you check out Sampler Pack, a mostly Wisconsin sports uh, podcast, uh, featuring these two lovely people right there. Josie, Corey, give your give your Twitter handles. Give a Sampler Pack's Twitter handle. Let's do this. 
right, yep, so sorry i am at josephine mars 42 on twitter you can find the pod at sampler pack wi on twitter you can also find us on facebook we're on like everything you can find podcasts on um you can email us if you want to sample pack wi at gmail.com there you go and i you can find me at chili dog sunday on twitter hell yeah hell yes thank you guys for being on the show we appreciate it Thanks for having Thank us. Thanks so much for having yeah, us. Course, it was a lot of fun. fun. <laughs> and it was just really good to see you guys. Yeah, get yes. out of here. Get <laughs> out of here. Uh, well, <laughs> that was our episode, Not Exactly Radio. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can catch me on uh, on Twitter at OyeahBenny23. And you can catch Tony, just Tony over there, at uh, Leftover Cruise right there. And so I am one of your hosts, Benny K, and that is... Tony just Tony, and we're out of here. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. I trust.